that might say, hallelujah. I want to welcome you to River Church this morning, Sunday morning in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Thank you for joining us. We're talking about the precious blood this morning. So if you would, turn in your Bible with me to the book of Ephesians. We're going to go a little different route this morning than I planned. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's talk about the precious blood. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. I appreciate us getting to sing songs about the blood this morning. We're going to sing a blood uh, about the blood when we get through this morning. We're going to start emphasizing what's important. Isn't that what we should do? We should all emphasize or give priority to what's important. Well, who says it's important? Well, some people thought sleeping in bed, sleeping in this morning was important. Well, I'm tired. I'm just exhausted. I'm just, I had a hard weekend. Well, yeah, we have all had those. Uh, maybe way back it was from partying. Maybe it was from pulling an all-nighter or whatever, whatever people do. But we have to, we have to keep what's important. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Well, what's the main thing? Well, we go to the word and find out what the main thing is. In chapter two, verse eight, we know these scriptures. For by grace are you saved through faith. Let's say that together. For by grace am I saved through faith. Yay, I am saved through faith. You got faith? Of course you do, because you believe something that feels or seems contrary. You believe it to the point of acting on what you believe more than acting on how you feel or your experience or, or what they say. For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Now, God is love, so we could say it's the gift of love. Do you have a little thing in your Bible that has a circle around the word God and, and point it over to a little, I do in my Bible, that says God is love. You ought, to, you ought to note in your Bible, God is love. And so, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of love. Oh, yay. That, ta that takes it out of the realm of God's personally probably mad at me this week because I didn't do right or I wasn't doing what I could do. So, you know, I may not be saved this week. Well, it's the gift of love. It never changes. Love never changes. You might think, well, God changes, but God is love and love never changes. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ, in Christ, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, created unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, so he's identifying who we were. We were Gentiles in the flesh who are, by the, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand. So the Jews called us Gentiles and they said we were an inferior people, that we were separated from God. The Jews said that. They said we're, we're God's people. We've got the mark in our flesh. Y'all are Gentiles. You don't have the mark. Therefore, you're separated from God. We have God. You don't have God. And it was true. That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens, when we were Gentiles, from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise. Strangers. We, when you and I were a sinner, we were strangers to the covenants of promise. We were without hope. Do you know that? When you lead someone to, the Jesus, you, to Jesus, you got to first identify who they are. You can't say, well, you're a pretty good old boy. 
Now, if you'll just get this upgrade package we got for $9.95 a month, then uh, you, you can be with like us. It is just an upgrade. It's we're modifying your plan. Have you ever called Comcast or tele, AT&T and said, I want to modify my plan? And they'll say, well, for $9.95, you can, you can get on unlimited this and long range that. Well, that's not what this is. You got to remind people when you lead them to Jesus, you are a sinner. You are without hope. You are hopeless. There is no path for you. There is no way to beat the system. It is locked up. It can't happen. You, you can't just say, yeah, you're pretty good. Just, just slide over a little further. Go to church a few times a month and, and, you know, read your Bible. Well, just have a Bible. Well, just put a Bible in your house. You know, there's all different avenues of uh, easy believism where people are convinced they're saved because somebody that was a Christian said they were, but yet they didn't, they didn't get born again. They didn't believe in their heart and confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus. Therefore, they're just as lost as the drunk in the gutter and the, and the dope addict in, in a crack house or whatever those are. So here we are. We, that, and, and so Paul is telling them, this is who you were. Don't forget who you were because the transformation was great. It was an amazing supernatural trans, translation, transition. And just because it was not hard, naturally speaking, it took all of your life to confirm it. You had to make Jesus Lord, and, and buddy, that's the hardest thing and the easiest thing in the same package. If you're willing to make him Lord, it's so easy. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. If you're not make, willing to make him Lord, you'll become a religious, a religious traditionist. You'll just try to be good enough to just step over the line to be saved, but nothing extra, nothing hard, nothing committed, no rules. You, you'll like that. It's rebellious. But what if you're not over the line? What if Jesus is requiring what the word says for him to be Lord? Well, then you might be just this side of the line or just on the other side of the line. Peter talks about uh, uh, saved as if by fire. Y'all know any of those people? And you go, I don't think you're going to make it. But when we get up there, we'll go, doggone, you did make it. And they'll say, yeah, it was as if by fire. It was like what they call chicken teeth. I, barely. Yeah, by the skin of your teeth, yeah. So, uh, not chicken teeth, skin of your teeth. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we, I can blame that on West Texas. Okay, uh, verse 12, that at this time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and here it is, and strangers from the covenants of promise. No covenant of promise. You cannot go to heaven. You cannot be with Jesus. You are hellbound without a covenant. You can't get in the building if you don't have a ticket. Everybody knows that. You want to go to a UA basketball game or football game? They're going to check your ticket. I'm good. I'm a fan. I, I was born here. I love Paul Bryant. I love Coach. No, no ticket. Goodbye. And someone from LSU says, I don't even like Roll Tide. I don't like nothing about Alabama, but I've got a ticket. Come on in. Isn't that how it works? Well, sure it is. Having no hope, having no hope, you have to bring people. When you're bringing them to Jesus, you have to bring them to the place first that you tell them, you demonstrate to them, you have no hope. You, you just can't do that pretty close. You know, you're almost there. It says... Uh, Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
There's no hope for us. So, but now, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, we, ye who were sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. There it is. That's the door. It's the only door. It's the one door. It's the narrow way to that door. But the door is the blood of Christ. It didn't say by works, did it? it? Didn't say by being good enough. It didn't say by grandma being buried in the cemetery behind the church. It didn't say, well, we never miss and we always treat the, the preacher good or whatever. It says you're there by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made, made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So Jesus is available because of his shed blood. Not your shed blood, not my shed blood. All other faiths or so-called faiths, religions, cults, we'll call them, they require your blood. They require you to sacrifice your children or sacrifice your life, give up your life and serve them, serve them. And it's all by serving. It's by, it is by works of righteousness, which you, are, which you do, but not with ours. Jesus took our place. Make mo no mistake, the blood was the cost to get us saved. And you know, uh, it took a total life to neutralize what we were. We were total death. Total death. Not pretty good, not a shiny spot, not raised it in church, not raised in a godly home. Not, I, got, I can know, uh, I know full chapters of the Bible. I can quote them to you. None of that. It took the blood of Jesus and nothing else. So you can be ignorant as a, as a mud fence, just, just dumb as a rock, and yet have the blood of Jesus in your life and be instantly in the presence of God when you leave this world. And you can be a seminary pr professor or maybe just a, a, so, a certain church deacon and there every week and miss it. You can, you can make your transition, you can make your confession of faith uh, in death row right before they drag you up for killing 10 people with, with joy and just have pleasure to put you out of this world, but receive Jesus at the last moment and boom, you're instantly in the presence of God. What a contradiction. People don't like that. People do not like that. They don't like grandma going to hell because she was so good to me. She raised me. She took care of me. She let me come Oh, you know, and everything. But she never made Jesus the Lord of her life. She's in a devil's hell. It just doesn't seem right. But that's exactly how it is. And it isn't any different than that. Would you turn with me to Revelation chapter 12? Revelation chapter 12. Oh, we love to talk about the blood. I'm so glad we got to sing about the blood this morning. We're going to sing about the blood more. It was noted by my father-in-law a number of years ago. We were having, I was having a discussion with him. We all were. And uh, we were talking about the blood. And uh, he made this note. He was a Baptist. Uh, he, he was in my church for 10 years while I was there. He got the Holy Ghost and he said it wasn't right to go to another church when his kids were going, were pastoring this church, so he just went. He had to acclimate a little bit because <laughs> he, was, he was like all of us. He was, he was full-blown Baptist, and, and uh, when I left Seminole, he went right back. But he, he, said, uh, he said this. It was profound. 
He said, I noticed that we never sing about the blood in our church. He said, we never speak about the blood. We never sing of it. There's a lot of songs that we used to sing, uh, Victory in Jesus and Nothing But the Blood. And uh, this morning we sang uh, a song about the blood. And <laughs> that's not my gift right there is uh, recalling recent events. Hallelujah. So we, we have to because we have to want what God wants it wants for the same reason he wants it. Saying, you know, I think I'll pull off and serve God. I'll be a missionary. Well, if that's not what God wants, all that work and effort, all that sacrifice, I mean, it'll have a value. Of course, it'll do some good and it'll feed some kids and help this, that, and the other. But you are AWOL from your place. Your place was over here. There's an assignment. You were, you were supposed to be in your place. So either where your place wasn't, or was, you weren't there. Someone else had to fill your place, which means they had to double up to do theirs and yours. Or it went undone. Lots of things are being undone in the kingdom right now because people aren't in their place. They're either waiting for a, a scratch on the wall, a voice from heaven, a, some sort of uh, angel coming through the door to say, this is your place. And we'll go, okay, now that I know, I'll be there. They're waiting for that. And that's not how it comes. We are spirit creatures and he's in here. And we have the witness of the spirit and the still small voice. It is still, it is small, but it's a voice. And we are trained, we are equipped, we've got, we've got what it takes to hear that voice. It's not like something's in me, I don't, it, it's on 99.1 and I'm over here on 33.6, you know. I'm not picking it up, that's not how it is. We're exactly tuned in. But sometimes you got to stop and this, this noise of this disease going around, it's a noise. And it's not just that it wants to wreck destruction, it wants to say that God doesn't care. That's what it's saying. You understand what it's saying. It's not just to kill people. The devil doesn't care if people die. He doesn't care if they go to heaven. There is nothing that he loses when people go to heaven versus go to hell. Well, I got more than you, God. There's more in hell. There, there just may be. That's not what it's all about. He wants to take us out of service. He doesn't care where you go. He just wants to take you out of service here on the world. Everybody thinks, well, it's all about where you go. No, it's, I mean, it is for us, but it's not for him. And so we, this, this thing is saying God doesn't care. Well, if God was a loving God, why did he allow this? There's all sorts of questions going through people. All sorts of things that's saying, you know, my, my mother died. What kind of God would let my mother die? She was a churchgoer. She was a lover of God. What's this all about? I'm not serving a God that lets my mama go to, you know, go early. It's saying all sorts of things. So we have to be strong in it because you never know. You, you do know that when you stand strong, someone is affected. They're not going to say, you just affected me and I'm changed in my life. You'll never hear it. Not, not for years if you do. You just need to know you have an influence over everybody because you're, you're, you're going to rub the cat the wrong way. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're down on God. They're down on the, the, the life that we understand. And you and I, they're not going to read this. And if they read it, most of them won't understand it. But you and I, having read it and understood it, we're a testimony. It's, I'm in the secret place. You can be in the secret place. You, 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 can, you can go under this radar and never be detected by this devil. In Revelation chapter 12, let's stay on. No, we won't stay on point. Uh, 
Verse, uh, I think I said verse 12, but it's not 12, is it? It's 10 and 11. Well, sorry about that. Okay, wherever we are, let's go to verse, uh, let's go to verse 10, chapter 12 of Revelation. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Here it is. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Y'all know that's what he's doing. He is the accuser. When anybody accuses you of something, it's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's the spirit of the devil, the accuser. We, we, we don't accuse. We don't accuse in the kingdom. Now we do, but we shouldn't. It's not who we are. We have to reach back into the world. We have to reach back into the old man. We have to reach back to what our flesh is comfortable with and accuse somebody. In other words, to bring them down. But the kingdom says that we're supposed to be elevated up. We don't bring people down to get us up. We bring us up. If someone's uh, ahead of you or inspiring you, you just say, God, I got to get on it here so I can come up. There's a mark there. There's a demonstration there that I should come up to whatever I see. I can do that because you're no respecter of persons and you'll let me go as fast as I want. Y'all do know we can go as fast as we want. I don't know why the Lord didn't do anything for me for 20 years. We can go as fast as we want. You got to take a step towards God. Ah, uh, We are too. So verse 11 says, and they overcame him. Well, they overcame him. We need to know that thing has not ended. That began with the Lord Jesus Christ in the covenant of grace by his blood that he, he instituted us. We were created that moment in Christ Jesus and we're empowered with all power. We're empowered with all power. We're not little bits. We're not Christianettes. As he is. We are. As he is. Think about that. Think, meditate that. Says there's no lack, no little, no limitation on me. As he is. Well, what was he? He was everything. In him was the, it was the uh, fullness of the Godhead bodily. N he, wasn't, he wasn't God junior. He was fully. And he, and he put everything he was into us by his blood. And it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Here it is. And they loved not their lives unto the death. You don't care. You know, like we say, there's plenty more where that came from when we give. There's plenty of life where that came from. If you do slip over into that place, it's a great day. We're here to serve. And so if we cease to be able to serve or in our mind or in our body or whatever and just can't get healed, then, and I'm real careful to say this, and I'm not saying you might as well go on, but there's nothing to keep you from going on because we're here to serve. We're here to encourage. We're here to lead. We're here to be a light and to be a salt. We are. And there's no condemnation. That's what I'm trying to say. There's no condemnation if you say, you know, I'm going to slip over. Lots of people slip over. Charles Capps, amazing man. I was raised on Charles Capps, basically. He was a farmer from Arkansas when I was a farmer from Texas, so I related. And uh, when he was 80, he just told his family, tomorrow's the day. I'm slipping out. 
And the next he ministered to all his kids and his wife and got everybody ship shape. And the next day they found him in the rocker peacefully. But he had departed. Paul said, I can't decide whether to go or stay. What, what do you mean, Paul? You decide. I can't I can't decide whether to go or stay. It's an option. But if you decide to stay with long life, he'll satisfy you because you ought to you ought to run your race and finish your course. You ought to finish your course. The reason people don't depart is because they hadn't finished their course and they know in there there's a list that hadn't been finished because they've been doing the mess around. They've been they've been looking to the pleasures of this world. The pleasures are supposed to come to us, not that we pursue them. Seek first the kingdom and all these things the Gentiles seek will be added, will be added. They come. But you can't seek pleasure. You seek it. You won't find it and you'll miss everything that could bring it. So it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So uh, we, we looked at this, the word overcome, overcame means to conquer. It doesn't mean we had a draw, a stalemate, a, a, uh, a truce. It means they overcame. They, uh, they dominated. They dominated the devil. They, you dominate, I dominate, I subjugate the devil. It means to prevail. Sometimes we get this picture because we do talk about the devil more than we should probably and make him a big devil and a little God. Just like right now, we're, we're attributing, you know, the foundation of this thing that's going around that's got America and the world paralyzed. I don't, you know, you may not be paralyzed. I hope you're not. But the economy is and our access is and our, our means to reach people, all that's paralyzed. There's a, there's a paralysis on the nation which has set us all back. The church is, is hamstrung right now. Certain not to not to quit existing and being strong, but our ministry, we, you know, you can't get an airplane over. Uh, I talked to Pastor Avery last night. He says he's already missed two Russia trips. You know, he goes every pretty often. Jonathan hadn't gone to Africa. Uh, Joe Morris couldn't go. You can't go over. Uh, they told Eric uh, Scott, my son. Uh, he was going to fly to Texas. And they said, well, you're from Georgia. You'll have to go into a 14-day quarantine before we'll let you buy a ticket. Now, who's ever heard of that? Now, that's what was told me. If that's not right, it was just my source was not verified. But that's what they said. You're from Georgia. So we got to overcome ourselves. You can't change the world except by prayer, and we are changing that. But you don't have to be overcome. There's just another way around for us. When, when they say you can't do this and they say you have to stop doing that, we just go on broadcast. We just call one another and say, thus saith the Lord, and prophesy to them. You don't like the telephone? Well, get a life. Because if you can't meet with somebody, you gotta, you're going to have to call. You're going to have to text and say, Jesus loves you. I just called to encourage you. I was in the Word today, and your name came up. And I said, dear Lord, they need strengthening. I'm, I'm the one. The, that the communication of your faith might become effectual. We're going to have effective faith. So overcome. It also means to secure the victory. So there's some contending in this sometimes. It's not that the devil is not defeated. He is absolutely defeated. He's not going to be defeated. He is defeated. Say with me. 
He is defeated. It is present tense. It's, it's kind of past tense. He was defeated. There he is defeated. There is no warfare going on. The warfare is to stay in faith. The fight, the good fight of faith is our warfare. The devil's whooped. The only time he doesn't seem whooped is when we say, you know, the devil, hey, he's pretty strong. And if we talk about, you know, uh, cancer, he might put it on us. You know, that's, he's not strong. He's not, he's not in charge. But unless we make him in charge. You know, we put a lot of people in office in our government that shouldn't be in charge. Like bunches. But they're there legally because we put them in charge. We empowered the wrong people. Because we had a wrong value system. We had a wrong expectation. We thought, well, that's a good old boy. That's a good girl. They'll do us right. Ha! Until they say, I'll take the office. Amen. Well, you're the governor now. <laughs> it's happening all the time. It's all over our nation right now. But it always has been. It always will be. But you and I. Now, listen, let's go back. It's you and I. Even though the world is and our surroundings are, not me, not you. We may live in a fallen place, of a uh, place that's been overwhelmed, but I'm not. Their choices, even my failures to not pray or whatever, but still, I'm the victor. Greater is he that is in me. Not America, me. But I'm supposed to bring my part. So, um... What makes anything, I wrote down here, what makes anything valuable and worthy? Let's think about that. What, you ought to chase after. You ought to know what's valuable, what's worthy in your life. And we all are chasing what we think is valuable and worthy. What's important? If it's your sugars or if it's your grand sugars, if it's uh, for retirement, um, you know, just got to get money in the bank. Got to, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to this and that. You know, what, what do you and I think is important? Well, like I said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So we got to find out what the main thing is, and then it's worth fighting for. Then it's worth looking in the box and seeing what weapons, what tools do I need to, to keep the main thing the main thing. So, for instance, if you were dying of thirst and you were dazed from water, uh, but you did have a gold brick, a gold brick, and you came across a little oasis, and they said, uh, uh, gold only. There's a quart of water here for a gold brick. That's, that's a lot of money. That's, this thing's worth thousands of dollars, and that's just a quart of water. Yep, that's the price. I, cal I say that's gouging, but uh, price gouging. But on the other hand, if you've got only a quart of water out in the big desert, it might be it. So uh, would you trade? Would you trade your gold brick for a canteen of water? Not yesterday and not the day before, but today, that's a good deal. It's on sale. Because what are you going to do with a brick, a brick of gold? Nothing. Uh, would you donate a ki kidney to a family member? You got any family? And they said, you know, the doctor says it's over for me. But your kidney matches. Well, gosh, then I'll just have one. Would you donate it? See, that's what makes things worthy. Well, if sure I would. That's my, that's my baby. That's my, my sis. Of course I would. All of a sudden, that's valuable. Now, what about your neighbor? You'd have to go over there and introduce yourself and say, I'm Johnny Jones. And, 
you know, can I give you a kidney? If you ever need one, just call. <laughs> Not likely. So what, what makes it valuable? Would you give up your life savings to go to heaven? You go, well, that's crazy. Of course I would. Lots of people aren't. It's harder for a rich man to go to heaven than it is for a rope to go through the eye of a needle. If you get riches first, it's very hard. So that's a valid question. Uh, Ponce de Leon, y'all remember him way back, way back? Uh, he went all over the southeast, Florida mostly, but uh, looking for the fountain of youth. That's what he thought was worthy. He could live forever and he could market for a long time. Cortez, you know what he did. He went all over the southwest looking for the cities of Cibola that were filled with gold. And he spent his whole life. Now, you only get one life. And he spent all of his looking for that. That's what he thought was important. Uh, you know Indiana Jones. <laughs> He's in the abridged history books. <laughs> but in the movie, he represented a lot of people that was pursuing the Holy Grail. That if you could drink the holy water out of the Holy Grail, I don't remember what happens. I guess you live forever. Um, I was thinking about the first astronauts. How would you like to be the wife or the child of the first astronaut, astronauts, the ones that nobody had ever orbited before? And they're going to jump John Glenn into a little hole and put him up under a fire rocket and send him up. And we don't know. We, we think we know, but we don't know if he'll come back. How would you like to be Mrs. Glenn or Johnny Jr.? But John said, it's worth it. It's worthy to me to give my life for my nation, my country. I'm a patriot. What about, uh, and then after that, you know, going to the moon and other things that we've done that were perilous. And it wasn't even like, but we'll save America. No, it was just to help America that down the road it would be better. Uh, I was thinking about all the men and women that sacrificed for the military. You go, why would you go? You got a good job here. And this is, this is, it's a good life. Why would you go over there and fight those people? They got, they're fighting back. They're shooting. Well, there's a sense inside of them that says it's worthy. It's important. I personally wish that every single person in the United States had to go serve in the military for two years like Israel does. I think it'd fix everything. I think everything would be fixed if we came under, everybody came under discipline and we emptied them out of themselves and, uh, and had a DI standing over them saying, you are a slime ball. <laughs> Re-identify them so then they can build them back right. Amen. Um, all of these things had risk and had inherent danger in them. But somebody thought it was worthy. Somebody thought it was valuable. Even to the place of sacrificing their whole life for a nation, for a people, for, to, to, to go over there and die by killing one other enemy person or two. That, that to trade your life for that would make an effect on America, would make effect on a people that you'll never meet, you'll, and even your own children having to be raised up as, as orphans. Uh, so then if you take that perspective and you say, these, this, these are valuable things, don't know if I would pay it, I certainly wouldn't pay for the fountain of youth or the cities of gold. But in that day, that was deemed important. You, you would be set up for life. You'd be the sovereign for life. But even the military, we have different values. I wish I had gone. I, I could have, but 
I went to college instead. My number was 240, and they took it up to 90 that day in the lotto, and uh, the draft lotto, and I, I got out somehow. But I wish I had of or could have. But then you think about people, like I said a while ago, that are sitting at home in this morning while church is going on. And let's just take broadcast out of the way. And we're certainly taking out everybody that couldn't come. I'm talking about just had a hard night or a hard day yesterday or is going to have a hard week this next week. That's probably better. And to say, you know, I can get it here. Or I can just read my own Bible or I'll watch Kenneth Copeland on TV. And they just don't come to church. Well, no condemnation, but you can tell that's a low value. Pastor West was having church during when we shut down on Sundays. We loaded up our wagon and we went over there. I wanted to be in church. Y'all understand? And I'm, I'm not trying to make a point here about anybody or don't, don't take it personal because I'm not looking at anybody or addressing anything. I'm just saying the whole world has got different values. And they're living according to their value system. When you want what God wants for the same reason he wants it, then you can have what God has. I want what God has. Why would he allow this? And why does he not care about that? Because you don't care. I mean, it's not his option, but we don't care about what he cares about. We care about what we care about. So there we come back to the blood. Turn with me to uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, please. That's on page 330. I wrote it down so I wouldn't be looked like I didn't know where it was. The truth is I thought I might not know where it was. If you've got a Bible like mine, it's in page 330. 1 uh, Kings chapter 8. Yeah. Now, let's just back up here. We've got just a few minutes and talk about the church before we go into this. About making precious things precious and discarding or giving little heed or value to things that have little inherent worth or value. One thing the church loves to do, not us, but they love to substitute. In other words, we are the, we are the humans are the, they love to substitute. How many fathers have substituted gifts for their children instead of actually picking them up, putting them in their lap, and taking them to the zoo or whatever. Time with them, which is precious, which is righteous. Instead, they just come home and throw some presents out there, uh, maybe kiss them on the forehead and say, Daddy's got to go. Substituting. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just like, well, you were easy to create, but uh, you're not so easy to maintain. So I got you here. Be glad. There's a lot of that attitude there. I got you there. Be glad you're here. Hope it works out for you. And that's that's the value system of a lot of people. I got to make a living. I, we got to go to work and we got to whatever because I got to retire. It's just wrong. And you know it's wrong on this side. But at the time, I certainly farmed day and night, night and day. I didn't even know Colin hardly until he was four and a half or so when I quit farming, went in the ministry. I didn't even know the kid because I was gone all the time. I left before the sun came up and then I came back when the sun came down and then ate supper and went back many times. Uh, yeah, all the time. He's wrong. I hate it. I just despise that part of my life. But I was sold out. I was serving that God. But in the church, we have our own gods. We love, the church loves spiritual warfare. 
We love to do things that Jesus has already done. We love to do them. We love to talk about put on, you know, put on this confession and put on and we're going to bind this spirit and we're going to take hold of that spirit. I'm not denying there's not spirits because there are. But that's not our perspective. We got the blood of Jesus. Instead of substituting, pulling down strongholds, and which we do. This is, this is tricky to go through this and, and discern it. We're not, this is not our main focus. We've got the blood. The blood will, will defend us against anything. It is our security. It is our protection. It is our, it is our stronghold, as it were, on our side. The blood. So if you go in there and you're whooping on the devil of selfishness and you're pulling down the demon of, of uh, this, that, and the other, I'm sure they need pulling down. But do you notice how many people have been pulling them down? They're still full strength. There's got to be a consensus in America. There's got to be, but you can pull them down at your house. You can go through your house and sanctify it by the blood, anoint it with oil or whatever you do. It's the words that count. And you can use it on you, but you may not work on your neighbor. There may be trouble coming to your neighbor because he's over there burning incense to the devil at night. Do you think? So the church, back to the church, we just love to uh, substitute icons. We like to put crosses up. Now, don't get offended at this because this is not wrong, but a lot of people like to wear crosses. And they, I, they wouldn't know God if he came down the street in a red hat. But they love to be identified as if that's better. God, God likes that. And God will, you know, if it comes up to like I'm on the line, if I had a cross on, it might throw me over. And, and, but then they don't serve God. In other words, he just wants us to, to be strong and not wear crosses. We don't have crosses in the church much. We got one, but we're playing that part right now. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? We don't, have, we don't have banners on the wall that say, you know, praise ye the Lord or whatever. Because we are the only praise there is. We are the only praise there is. Jesus said, if, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. He said, I'm going to get it, but it's not going to be from a banner on the wall or, a, uh, you know, listening to Christian music. Go for it. Do it. It's awesome. But don't substitute that for feeding on the word of God. And getting strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You see, I'm, I'm being tenuous here, but, but on the other hand, get the point that there's easy substitutions for the real. And the substitutions are 100,000 miles away from what's real. It's not like, but it's close. It's not close. People love to substitute. They love to, to uh, uh, what does the word say? Uh, uh, better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, I'll sacrifice. Lord, I'll do without this and you'll be happy. He said, no, I told you to do this. I told you to go in and kill these people and bring out the king and kill him. And you brought out, you brought out the king and didn't kill him. And here's all these cattle out there. It's in the Old Testament somewhere. Y'all read it and find it. it. It's in there. But that's God said, don't do it. Don't substitute. So we don't want to substitute something that God has no value for, does not accept or receive, and us to say, but it's a good thing. It's not a good thing unless it's a good thing. Well, what's a good thing? It's what he holds in value. What does he hold in value? The blood of Jesus, the word of God, a pure heart, 
That means a born-again heart. That's what he, well, Lord, I'm going to be in church. I'll be sleeping the whole time this morning, but I'll be in church. Do you care? He's not taking role. He's not taking role. He, doesn't, he knows you're here, but it doesn't matter if you're, if you're doing your crossword puzzle or make text, whatever people do in church. I hope y'all don't do any things, these things because you'll think I'm aiming at you, but I'm not. I'm, I promise I'm not. I'm just talking about the, the concept, the principle, the overarch. We've got to do what he said. You've got to say, God, what do you think is precious? The blood. There's nothing like it. What else, Lord? My word. I set my word even above my name, he said. Wow, that's pretty special. He thinks a lot of it. Well, I, I should think a lot of it. If I want to please him and flow with him and have the victory with him, I got to find out what he likes, what he thinks is precious. And then I got to align and adjust my life. And that's what we're all doing right now. We're always constantly jerking it back. Hey, you stray dog, get over here. Get back on the, on the path. We, we're serving God, but our flesh is trying to run off and like a, like a dog on a leash, you know, they're, they're everywhere but in front of you. Well, that's our flesh. Amen. Where was I? Praise God. Uh, First Kings. Okay, we're there. Let's, now, let's look at something here. This is Old Testament. Now, you know, this is the covenant that was based on the blood of bulls and goats. So it's, it's a lesser covenant than us. It's a, it's a type, though. It's not the real, but it points to the real. It says, blessed, verse, uh, excuse me, where am I? 62. And the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord. The king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord. Now, I want you to notice this wasn't a sacrifice for sin. It wasn't a sacrifice asking God to do something. They just said, God likes sacrifice. Let's do one. And it was in them. The type was in them. David had this. He, David saw over there to the new covenant. Abraham saw over there to the new covenant. And they saw that. That's why Abraham was able to sacrifice Isaac, because he was a type of the father sacrificing Jesus. And so he, he played it out. He, he demonstrated it. He dressed it out in the earth so that God could put it back into heaven. And it says, uh, and Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered unto the Lord. Now, here it is. I hope you got this verse circled. Two and 20,000 oxen. Say 2,200. Do y'all know how many 2,200 is? Of course you don't. Who's ever seen 2,200 oxen? They, they go, they go, you can't see the end of them if they're five across. Five across, you can't see the, the back ox. He sacrificed 2,200 oxen and 120,000 sheep. What do we mean Sacrifice. That means they drag them up to the altar, cut their throat, bleed them out, and put it on the fire. And the aroma, the Bible says God likes, now you and I might, we like a good barbecue, but God, God likes the aroma of the meat, of the sacrifice. It, the word says it's a sweet savor in his nostrils, something like that. He likes that. Well, it's not that he's smelling smoke. It's that he, 
He honors the effort that we sacrifice something valuable because there's women were considered chattel in that day. So chattel means cattle. So if you sacrificed an ox and a sheep, it was practically family. I mean, they, these were valuable things. Everything, everything played off of the, the cattle. Now, I'm not putting women down. I'm just saying that's the culture that was then to give you value to what the, they were doing. So the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. The same day did the king hallow the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. And there he offered burnt offerings and meat offerings and the fat of the peace offerings because the brazen altar that was before the Lord was too little to receive the burnt offerings and meat offerings and the fat of the peace offerings. Here, here's, here's what it is. It's a sacrifice that's never been equaled. No one's even thought of this. Solomon was the wisest man. And like I said, no one has ever even seen this many cattle, this many oxen or sheep, much less seen them all methodically sacrificed. Just row after row for days and days. And so guess what the blood looked like? Thousands and thousands of gallons that had to be dealt with. I mean, this is a lot of work besides just being a, a great idea. There's a lot of work and it took men in shifts, apparently, and just lots of people that just tirelessly went up there and sacrificed the animal and then dealt with it and then next sacrificed the animal. And, and so it was such a waste. And the law didn't require it. And like I said, Solomon hadn't sinned. He wasn't asking God for a blessing. God, I'm going to give you this if you'll give me that. Uh, but here it is. He sacrificed by revelation. He looked ahead to the sacrifice of the sinless Lamb of God. He saw it. And what he could not do in quality, he did in quantity. It was a, like the blood of Jesus has endless worth. He took something that in his day was an endless worth, even though it took a bunch of them to, to make it. He sacrificed by revelation. That's what Jesus did. He gave himself. He's like Isaac. He could have overpowered. All the soldiers were there. Uh, he said, if you're not killing me, I've, I'm giving my life. I could call the legions of angels and y'all would be toasty, toasty. Now, we, we could end this in the moment. So we have the sacrifice of Jesus being, by revelation, played out by Solomon. That's why he was one of the greatest men that's ever. So Jesus gave his blood to satisfy judgment. Did it satisfy all of judgment? All of it. Should we act like it? Should we believe like it? Should we carry out our lives like judgment was negated? It was stopped and turned around. The accuser of the brethren has been cast down. Jesus stopped it. I will tell you, Jesus solved the sin problem. And you've got to get this. Hardly any Christians know this. And some of them know it sort of. But he solved the sin problem. God is not thinking about sin. He thinks he already solved the sin problem. Well, we'll all just sin and wholesale lots then. Now, the wages of sin is death. 
You sin, it's going to cost you. But if you're born again, when you do sin, the blood of Jesus has already met it in advance and turned it back. Now, when you go to 1 John 1, 9, where it says that if thou will confess thy sins. We know that. Let me read it right here. If, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And then it says something interesting and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, do we need cleansing? Not in the spirit, man. If you're born again, you're cleansed. You're righteous. You're righteous. Are you righteous? Well, what if I sinned a bad sin? What if I'm the death row boy that, that uh, just listened to the preacher on the way down the, the hall and got saved, called on God? What about that? This cleansing of righteousness is not in your spirit because we're already the righteousness of God. It's in our soul. We all need to rehearse the work of the covenant, the blood of Jesus, so we stay clean in our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. Otherwise, we come under condemnation. And when you're in con condemnation, you draw back. We all draw back. Well, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. Maybe God will forget. I mean, we don't say it. We don't even believe it. But we think tomorrow will be a better day because we're fresh with the sin. And we didn't have any electric feedback from heaven when we confessed it. it, did, it there was no tingle, generally. There was no like, whoo, sign on the wall saying, your confession has been received. Confirmation will be following by email tomorrow. There's none of that. It's just you and speaking out into the ethereal by faith, believing that God's word is true and that he received you. And you say, I stand as clean as if I'd never sinned. I stand here as if it had never happened. And if I call on God and say, God, now nah, I did it again. He doesn't know what you're talking about. The again throws him because he doesn't know about the first one that we confessed but we didn't cleanse ourselves from all unrighteousness. We're still thinking about it. We're still stinging from it. And we're under condemnation. And then we're under guilt. And if you're under guilt, you can't, you can't be bold. You can't, you, can't, uh, you can't ascribe worth to the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we may carry this up. Pick this up next week. Would that be all right with y'all? We need this. We need to know. We need to be refreshed by the blood of Jesus. Otherwise, here's what happens. We will slip into works. We will try to do better. We will try to make up. You can't make up. You can't make up. You can't say, I did this, Lord, therefore. I'll do without this, or I'll do this better, or I'll stay longer, I won't stay as long. You can't make up. There is no penance for sin. It's the blood of Jesus. Now, this is essential that you know this. You can't make promises to God. God, if, you, if you'll save me this time, I promise to do this. That is worthless. All, and you go, well, I know people that it worked. Well, God was already in the saving business. He already wanted to deliver you. He already wanted to find a way out. But when we connect to him in faith, it works. We believe he's going to do it. So we line our faith up and faith works and the situation's up. And we go, oh, I didn't need to talk to God. I, I could have got that on my own. I believe I'll not do what I promised him because he didn't necessarily do what he promised. It would have happened anyway. Y'all know anybody that's ever thought like that? We've got to think right. 
because we're wasting our life circulating in sin, condemnation, unrighteousness. We're circulating in being human. I am in a human body, but I am far from human. The human part's not going anywhere when I leave this earth. Well, it's going dust to dust, but I'm heading out. The part that's always been here is going to move. So pay no attention to this. Paul said, uh, what did he say about your flesh? I find no good thing in my flesh. <laughs> wow. We spend all our life preening it and educating it and, and uh, entertaining it. And we, we do everything to this. And he said, not worth much. Low value to heaven. You've got to keep it alive. It is your citizenship on the earth. And when you lose your right, to, when you lose your body, you lose your right to be on the earth. That's why demons have no power here is because they have no body. Angels, they can't legislate anything because they have no bodies. You're, you're greater than the angels because of your body. So take care of your body. Now, I don't mean take care of it health-wise. I mean, that'd be good too. But take care of it in faith. Get healing in your life. Get, uh, get the path in your life because you can't stay longer than your body. And you have, you've run your race when you lose your body. Whatever it was, you're like 100 yards from the finish line. You're done. I had good intentions. You're done. Yay, go to heaven. But you're done here. Well, I want to finish. I believe we're at the brink of the rapture. That, that could be four to 20 years. I'm still going to be here. I plan on being a pastor of River Church for 20 years. Bless y'all's darling hearts. <laughs> Yay, Lord Jesus. Yay, Lord Jesus. We're going to do more. I'm, I'm finishing this. I want to lay hands on people so bad, so much. But I don't know how that works exactly. But if you ever want me to lay hands on you, that'd be your call right now. Now, in a week or two, it's going to be my call. But right now, it can be your call. And I'm ready. But we're going to sing about the blood. Barry's got a song for us, and we're going to sing about the blood, and then we'll, we'll go. I bless you, I bless you, I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.